0: Content warning, the following episode discusses homophobia, transphobia, intergenerational trauma, depression, suicide ideation, and sexual violence. Please use discretion. Welcome back to Dash the Cutty. I'm your host, Madusha Senthil. Today, we're continuing the conversation on queer thermal identities with a part two. Part two offers a different perspective from our previous episode, as well as some insight into things that you might not have thought about before. With that being said, please be advised that we are discussing some sensitive subjects today, so listener discretion is advised. Now, let's jump right into our episode. I'd like to introduce you to our guest, Abby. Abby, you're joining us today um, as you know yourself, Abby, but as also someone who is involved in the Tamil LGBTQ plus community the south asian community because you are currently the women's sexual health coordinator at asap right Mm -hmm. do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself Mm -hmm. so you know your background where you're from Mm -hmm. yeah how old you are where you're where you're from where you're from when you're really really from where you're really from I fucking hate that question. Where are you so really I from? I can't stand it. You're not from Scarborough. No. But actually, you know, at this point, you can claim you're from Scarborough because Scarborough is associated with brown people mm-hmm. anyways. Mm-hmm. And Scarborough's got clout. Let's be real. Like. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's not Mrs. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know anyone I from in the West end. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. My partner's from the West End. It's all love. <laughs> is it though? I
1: don't know. Maybe. <laughs>
0: Right, if we'll save that conversation for all the hate mail we'll get. But yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, where you're from, and what you do.
1: Totally. Um, so my name is Abi. I'm born and raised in the East End, in Scarborough. Um, right now, I am the Women's Sexual Health Coordinator for an AIDS service organization um, that serves specifically the South Asian community. Um and then kinda outside of that, I think more recently I'm a, a more vocal advocate for the queer and trans community. Nice.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm I'm twenty-five, going on to twenty-six next month, so everyone is younger than me on this. Are y'all are y'all so ready far? for Scorpio season? No. Are y'all ready for Scorpio season? It's still it's still Libra season. You <laughs> should relax.
0: Okay, but like, are you ready?
1: <laughs> There's Maybe. also a Mercury retrograde, so watch out for that one just saying.
0: <laughs> I feel like we're always in Marchery, rectorate, or whatever. <laughs> it's true. It's
1: true. Communication's like constantly fucked. It's all good. Say, vie what to do? <laughs> okay,
0: I, I feel like I need to
1: um, brush up on your brush up I'm sorry. It's like a real queer thing. That's why when people are just like the the first thing I meet, like I do when I meet people, I'm just like oh. Okay cool like when's your birthday like oh okay yeah do you know is what's that your, like is what's that your, what's your moon my my favorite pastime
0: is literally getting people hooked on astrology okay. like so i have a question is that like the Tamil young person equivalent of all the aunties and uncles being like so and no
1: <laughs>
0: no not necessarily because ennoud
1: has more like past-based exactly. like implications right astrology is more just kind of like okay like let me like try to get a feel for the kind of person you are basically yeah, okay, so, so what if i'm like a leo which i'm not and yeah, yeah. you're like uh, uh no leos are fabulous fabulous energetic people like i love me a fire sign like so who you know, do not like who wow who do i not know no, no I, there's no there's no like sign that i don't like i think everyone has like their their you know, they're positive sides and everyone's got their shadow sides. Okay, but like, who <laughs> are you less
0: likely to get along with? I'll rephrase that question.
1: Who am I less like? No, I can't even say. Because it's just... At the end of the day, like, it just depends on, like, people and who they are. Like, I can't. I can't generalize. I, I feel like <laughs> Matusha's looking at me like, this is not the answer I fucking asked
0: for. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. She works with human beings. So I guess she has to be like... They're going to be like, I heard you said that you don't like... <laughs> Aquariuses. I'm That's an Aquarius. Fine. I don't see here right now. I hate Aquarius. Okay, so we have a <laughs> in the background and she hates Aquarius's. So no, 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 no. Aquariuses are
1: fabulous. Very Aquarius men. Dangerous. Aquarius women I
0: love. <laughs> Aquarius women are amazing. <laughs> Aquarius men. I think you to go to therapy. <laughs> Aquarius men need to go to therapy according to Kolapuri. If you have beef with that, <laughs> take it up with Kolapuri.
1: No, Aquarius folks are great. They people say that they're aloof, they're a little bit outside of this world. Like, you know, they're not they're slightly detached, but like that's them doing their own thing. They're unique people. Um, very humanitarian focused, like, they're... Do you do do this,
0: too, on the side, like, a hustle? No, I don't! (laughs) I should should start doing tarot readings on the side, just for shits and gig. I feel like we should (laughs) rename this podcast topic. (laughs) It's just, like, Queer Astrology 101. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, so, wait, actually, I'm not done with this topic, though. (laughs) (laughs) Are you able to tell me stuff about, like, generalized stuff about my sign?
1: Uh, like, do you know about your moon and your rising and your other planets? You would
0: actually get along with my sister because she's really into this stuff. <laughs> but I'm beefing with her so I, Okay, I'm off, so. sorry.
1: Well maybe maybe one of these days we'll like sit down and like go through your yeah. chart and we can and And it's just it's just yeah. fun. It just gives you a sense of direction, purpose, um, however people decide. People some people look at it like this is complete bullshit. Some people look at it like this makes complete sense. So really it's about your taste
0: and and what you feel resonates okay. with you. Okay. Yeah. Good to good to know. <laughs> On that note, can you tell me a little bit about ASAP and what exactly do you do there aside from maybe astrology? <laughs> um
1: so at ASAP, I am the women's sexual health coordinator um and yeah, like it's what is that? Like, what do you do? A, it's been a trip. It's been a tri- So basically my job really is to talk about um sex with like <laughs> South Asian, Indo-Caribbean, Middle Eastern communities, basically communities where sex is viewed as, like, super taboo, really stigmatized. Um, and more recently, I... and Okay, so, this is me, like, real talk. I, I think when I came to ASAP was when I realized how many gaps there were in service, just in, particularly for South Asian communities. Um, as the Women's Sexual Health Coordinator, I think my primary role, really, was to talk about HIV prevention. Right. So talking about something that's so far off the radar for so many like South Asian women and people who are socialized as women. Right. Um, like getting tested, for example, how many folks do you know that have like gotten tested regularly? We
0: don't even talk about it. Yeah. Nobody
1: talks about it. Right. Um, and the thing is like a lot of folks are having unprotected sex and nobody really knows what's going on. So it's so important to talk about it. Um, and then, yeah, so more recently I've really been incorporating, um, talking about queer and trans issues within my programming because, unfortunately, the way funding is set up right now, particularly for social services, especially for aid service organization, is... In Toronto. In Toronto. Right. If you don't identify as being a man who has sex with other men, um, then, basically, there are no services or funding or support for you. And so, for me, coming to ASAP, that's something that I was struggling with quite a bit. I was just like, well, why aren't there services for queer women? And then there, the the response I was getting was well, like, well there's, "Well, there's no evidence to suggest that like queer women are at risk of HIV," and I'm like, "That's that's such a bullshit response." Like, shut the fuck up. Rebecca. It's actually <laughs> it's actually such a bullshit response, and I think it it undermines the experiences of like queer and specifically trans women, right, um, within our communities, and I think. Because we don't talk about queer and trans issues already in the Tamil community, this is something that, like, is so far off the radar that they're just like, this is not, like, this is not even a concern for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is where, like, things like evidence-based practice within social services really fucks over a lot of marginalized communities, is we don't take into consideration, like, how are we collecting this evidence that's going to inform funding and services, right? Like, who has access to the research? Who has access to even coming out to to complete a survey on it? right? Like, for example, if queer and trans Tamil women are not given a space to, to be like, hey, these are, the, these are the issues that are coming up for me right now, like, obviously we're not going to have evidence on it. Obviously we're not going to be able to support them through, like, like services and programming mm-hmm. and all these things, right? So, I and this is just a note for anyone who's doing research, like, I really want you to consider how accessible your research is and think about your own implicit bias and the type of research, is, like, research that you're producing, right? Because obviously for us as, like, displaced Tamil people we know how important evidence is right like Mm -hmm. we know that evidence is like this is to prove our case right? um and so being at ASAP has really showed me that like it's really important to to make sure that we are collecting the evidence that we need to but then also just as like a queer person I'm like I've had my history been erased on so many different fronts like Mm -hmm. I like grew up in Scarborough like there were no queer and trans supports for Tamil people in Scarborough. If, they, if we had it, it was like for, for, white, for white kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I think for me, what was really hard was navigating being like a Tamil person, but then also being queer. So a lot of it was like living this double life. Um, and especially as someone who's like socialized as a woman, even though I don't necessarily identify as one, mm-hmm. I identify as being non-binary. Uh, I know a lot of people are just like, what the fuck is non-binary? We'll get into that, yeah. Oh, what is that? Um, well, you going to find out. Oh, we won't find out today. Um, so, yeah, there's just, there's so many, so many things that I'm learning working there. Um, and it's such a privilege because I feel like I've been given the opportunity to kind of delve deeper into talking to other people about, like, their sexual health, so... I'm grateful. You know, it has its ebbs and flows here and there. It's been a struggle, and uh, hopefully, I'll get a chance to
0: like talk about that later. Yeah, but, we're gonna we're yeah. going unpack that. And yeah, thank you for sharing. And I'm really grateful that you're here with us, and you know, doing that labor, even though Google is free, <laughs> Google non-binary. <laughs>
1: um,
0: but yeah, I, we appreciate it. We by, meaning me, and I'm sure everyone listening here, mm-hmm. and hopefully, they all learned something, or mm-hmm. you know, the people who identify as such too will also feel some sort of you know belongingness because i also realized that toronto is a little bit more i guess progressive in the sense that we have organizations mm. like asap that exist that are not available in lots of diaspora countries mm-hmm, right
1: 100 percent 100 percent we're so fortunate um so that's what i mean like i'm grateful for the platform
0: that it's given me could use some work, absolutely for sure. Yeah. Um, let's talk about like understanding queerness yeah. because we hear that word often, mm-hmm. and it's also you know historically been used as a derogatory term mm-hmm. towards those in the community. Mm-hmm. So maybe from someone who does come from the community, someone who's non-binary, um, who has experience growing up as a Tamil person in the diaspora. Do you want to speak to a little, um, about being a part of this community and what mm. it means to those who are not a part of it?
1: Yeah.
0: It's messy. <laughs> I'll,
1: I'll leave, I'll say that. Um, I think, I mean, like, I started, like, questioning my sexuality, maybe I think around when I was, like, 14, 15. Um, and there was, like, there was this time, I remember when, I mean, I actually may have been younger than that. But this is when Rihanna's SOS video came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just like... I remember that. Yo, damn. Like, yes. I was just like, okay, Rihanna. Damn. And I remember I was, like, sitting in class one day. And we were, like, all, like, packing our shit to leave. And, um, and you know, I, I, I grabbed my yellow, like, French duotang. And I just, like, was, like, putting it away in my bag. And I'm like, yo, did you guys see that, like, SOS video of Rihanna? She's so hot. And my friends just looked at me like... What is it? like okay like but it wasn't like seen as something that was like normally viewed like I, I had a feeling that they were kind of picking up on something yeah so I was just like okay that was a huge huge mistake um and so I just and it was it was awkward like up, up until like two weeks after that like my friends were not talking to me as much anymore it was a lot yeah it was weird it was really weird it was awkward and I I didn't know how to navigate that and I'm just like if anything was gonna push me back into the closet, like it was that. <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to be isolated. I don't want right. to. I don't want to go through life feeling like there's something wrong with me. Cause like even when I tried to ask about being queer and what that meant, like in Tamil Lam, for example, right? Cause I, I I feel like a lot of people. The response that I was getting from a lot of people was, well, you know, we didn't really have the time to think about our sexuality. You know, like it's really it's really tough. Like the, I'm like, yes okay but also like straight people had time to think about Mm -hmm. their sexuality yeah like cisgender people had time to think about like their you know their gender identity like why why was queerness or transness always seen as like a like an off-tangent conversation or like something yeah it was just always an afterthought you know and i remember like when i was like just growing up and this was around the orlando shootings that happened at the gay club and um, we, I was watching TV with my with my uncle at the time, also super hard, li- like hardcore, like liberationist, you know, I had a lot, like, I had a lot of respect, yeah. yeah, and I have a lot of respect for him. And he he said something along the lines of, uh, we, were, so we were watching it together and we saw a CP24 coverage mm-hmm. on it. And he was like, he was like, whoa, like this is really, this is really sad. Like I'm really sad to see that all these people had died. And then I was just like, yeah, like it happened at a gay club, and he was just like, oh, what And I remember sitting there in that moment, and just taking that in, because I was just like, okay, so here we are, Tamil people, really advocating for the liberation of Tamil people, but who does that include? You know? Mm-hmm. And for me, as a queer person, um, I was like, does that include me? Is what I, I was was genuinely was something what I, that I was sitting with you know so i i really and, and even now I, I would love for people to really broaden their understanding of what thumbleness looks like so that it can be inclusive of queer and trans people you know and i'm seeing that now happen yeah. with like like in the past year just just the ways that like the intersectionalities of being tamil and queer being tamil and trans has like been so much more prominent I never had that shit when I was growing up. The mm-hmm. fuck, like, all I got was, like, a two-hour, like, news feed on CP24 when Pride happened, and usually then it was only just white people. Yeah. Like, that's it, you know? That's all I had growing up. So, for me, like, and and coming to ASAP was actually my introduction to the queer Tamil community. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I didn't... I Prior to that, I was not exposed, especially growing up
0: in Scarborough. Like, and I, th- I think it's... It's interesting because when we talk about Tamil nationalism, right, and I think we're both, you know, very proud of Tamil people and the resilience of Tamil people, and people talk about nationalism and X, Y, and Z, but like you said, we don't really talk about who that's made up of, right, because we like to generalize this as, you know, we want Tamilulam and we want freedom for our people, right, Mm. but like you said, is that inclusive to our people, and there are a lot of younger, Mm -hmm. maybe not, I mean... Are we young? <laughs> there are a lot of younger people having these conversations. Absolutely. And we get backlash, too, saying, you yeah. know, we don't want gay people in Tamil And I'm and like, I'm like well, what liberation? Are you fighting for it? Yeah, am mine. I'm and also. To- exactly. That's the thing, though. And I'm like, well, you know, unfortunately for you, Tamil gay people have existed in Tamil too. So yeah. this is not something we're bringing over from the West, right? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so it, it's it's a never-ending battle because, mm-hmm. like, okay, we have Tamil now. It's not over, right? Because mm-hmm. then you have to fight for the liberation of Tamil people within Tamil people mm-hmm. because then you have these people who, you know, on the outside it's like, yeah, they want freedom for people and they have the sympathy and this empathy, mm-hmm. right? Towards trauma and pain and murder and death. Like you were saying, your mm-hmm. uncle saw these people die and he's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, that's terrible. But then the minute you you know bring up this one thing that has nothing to do with their day-to-day life like how is someone else's sexual identity yeah. affecting you in any yeah. way all of a sudden it's like a switch that yeah. flips and all of a sudden but it's not about them anymore like we don't care about them
1: for sure and navigating that was really hard because in order for me to be like active in those spaces like i had to hide my queerness you know i had to hide the fact that i was like a queer person mm-hmm. and and I don't want to feel like I could, like, and I just stop showing up to spaces where I can't be seen as whole mm-hmm. and my queerness is a part of me, right? Yeah. So if I feel like I need to hide a part, like hide a part of myself, then that space is not for me. Those people are not for yeah. me is what I, these are. And these are hard lessons I
0: learned over the past year. Yeah. And, and I mean like, but these spaces belong to you just as much as they belong to any other these Hundred percent, right? Like, you know,
1: the people who I feel like align with my values will find
0: me and exactly. I will find them. Exactly. You know, like, and, and there's always going to be, like, the sad reality is that there's always going to be people out there who have something to say. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where, like, the whole intersectionality comes into play, where people actually need to step up mm-hmm. if they're going to be allies and yeah. stuff, right? Um, yeah, so you were speaking a little bit about, you know, growing up and... Rihanna which is which is a great first question yeah. right um Vince yes. is giving her a sign of approval do you want to talk a little bit about your journey a little bit more mm-hmm. in terms of like self-acceptance like when yeah. did you know like you know this is my authentic self or yeah. not even know when did you decide that mm-hmm. this is how yeah I want to live authentically
1: I and it's like I made a post about this yesterday but like
0: Fuck okay, I didn't coming, out yeah.
1: to, it's okay. Fuck coming out to anybody else like as long as you, you coming out to yourself is the hardest hardest part like like growing into accepting that you are this way and that there's nothing wrong with you was the hardest thing like a hardest lesson like I had to learn because for me in that moment I decided that I was going to choose myself and I feel like we, as Tamil people, for women, for people socialize as women, we, we get ourselves caught in this cycle of self-sacrifice, right? Like, our parents have sacrificed so much. We have to sacrifice so much. And, like, I come from a single-parent household. Like, my father left when I was 16. Mm-hmm. So, for me, there was even this, like, this even more pressure and and shame and guilt attached to being more visible about my queerness because I'm, like, I'm letting my mom down. You know, I'm letting down a woman who has literally sacrificed everything for me and my brother and my sister and negotiating that, navigating that has been like, it's still an ongoing process, you know, like I'm still learning how to, how to be okay with the fact that I'm choosing myself every single day. And I encourage Mm -hmm. everyone else to do that too. Like, I don't think that you love your parents any less because you decided you wanted to do something for yourself, you know, like... I, yeah, it's a very sacrificial culture we come from. We do, we do, and I'm so, and I'm coming, and, you know, for me to be able, for me to be even be able to sit here on this podcast, talk to you so openly as, like, a queer, non-binary Tamil person, that's a privilege in itself, you know? Like, if my father was still around, I don't even think that we'd be having this conversation. I wouldn't be out. I would be, like, run <laughs> running some bank job somewhere, like... I I and you know, I think the, the immediate response for people has always been just like, Oh I'm so sorry that like you you know, like your father's not around and I'm like, it's fine, like yo, I, I've I've grieved it. I'm okay with it. He's taking care of himself, like, and it's time that I do
0: the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I was actually having a conversation with a num- another Thomal friend of mine who is also queer. Um, and I was telling them that I'm having you on and we're having this conversation they they also said that it's so amazing that you're open to having this conversation in public and exposing yourself mm-hmm. and i thought that was like yeah like especially coming from them because they're in a similar boat right and to them that's this huge step so for mm-hmm. you to be able to do that and represent them and their community is is big for them mm-hmm. right and it's sad because i have a friend who and this friend you know for the most part is out mm-hmm but it's still that fear of, of, like, coming on and exposing themselves completely to who knows how many people, right? Yeah. Um, and they were saying that, you know, growing up, one of their struggles was that um, not only did they have that scary whole conversation about coming out or whatever, right, to their family. Um, and then when they would talk to, like, their white guidance counselors or anything, they're like, it's okay, to sit your mom down and have a coffee with her. And then they were like, <laughs> that's not how I want <laughs> to talk that. to my mom, right? They were like, we yeah. don't... Ha- To them, it was hard because they don't have that relationship. As a Tamil family, we don't have the same societal structures that a lot of other families have, right? 100%. So to them, it was like an added fear because people would be like, You just got to pull the bandage off. And they'd be like, It's not as simple as pulling a bandage off. Like, you don't understand.
1: like the repercussions of that are very real. Like, you you were, like, every every time queer and trans Tamil people show up as their authentic selves we are risking our lives we are risking our jobs we are risking our friendships our family relationships like there's always a risk right yeah. and these things don't happen like when you come out it's not like fucking all fruity and shit where the way that
0: white liberal queers work, yeah, it, and we're it. kind like, of like a communal community exactly as in like everyone right. has a fucking say exactly. about everyone else's life you know imagine being you know cis folks who can't even be seen at the mall with someone of the opposite gender, right? Oh my God. If that in itself is this huge community <laughs> issue, like, yeah. God forbid, you're doing something that's not considered, you know, like, yeah. acceptable. Exactly.
1: No, it's uh, it's definitely something that I think I think the whole queer Tamil community is really grappling with. I know people who are just like, yeah, I'm just not going to tell my parents until they're on their deathbed. Sad. So yeah. imagine living a life like that, you know? Yeah. Like, imagine going your whole life, hard, like, hiding the whole truth of yourself, because you're so concerned about like and rightfully so like we and like i said we're constantly at risk of losing family because of this right and why because we're like queer, like uh, like the the pedophile uncle gets to show up to a fucking wedding. Oh my god, let's like, talk he, about that. He gets to show up. No one's gonna say shit about that. But your your trans daughter or your trans like
0: son, like he does, like they don't get to show up. To I a, I'm like, sorry, people are gonna probably attack us for this, but I'm the fucking truth hurts. Why is pedophilia acceptable in Tamil communities, but not being fucking happy? like Like, why can't you love who you want to love and (laughs) be who you want to be oh my god you're killing culture yeah
1: and like i feel like at the end of the day like it's it's all about saving face right like as a community our our goal in life really is to is to save face right like and and we don't understand the the ways that we compromise our own well-being when we do things like that right Mm -hmm. um and I till this day know so many queer and trans people who have been kicked from their homes and who are like trying to navigate the system and yeah like and and it's just it it, it I don't
0: even have words to describe it because but yeah like, it's it's also harmful right because it makes these folks vulnerable
1: oh my god in in ways that like people who are cisgender and straight won't even can't even fathom you know like they like there are trans thumble people in Scarborough who every day put on a mask to to pretend to be someone who they're not, who again compromise their, their emotional and physical and mental well-being just to just to exist. You know? Like the 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 rates of, of mental health issues within LGBTQ communities are so high and even more high within like racialized LGBTQ communities. So when we have all these compounding identities and and all these things that inform how we move through the world like it it just it becomes so much more complicated. Right. And like there are things that (laughs) cis and straight um, Tamil people can do more of hopefully like when and, and the reason why I think I'm so vocal about it now is because I'm so tired of Tamil people telling me that we don't exist. We clearly do! (laughs) We're here hi. Like You're You're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. You listen to the podcast, I'm here hi. Um and and for me, I went my whole life with people telling me that there was no queer and
0: trans thumble people. Like that was my life. Especially trans thummel folks. Like I think it's kind of wild how we deny their existence when they're in our literature. Yeah. The trans folks have been in Tamil culture longer than, I don't know, cis straight people have 100%. been in it. And they
1: held such highly revered, highly respected positions in our community too. Like these people were medicinal people. These people were people who brought good luck to your like lives. Like These are people who were seen as the closest to God. Yeah. Like, these are the people yeah. who, when the colonizers showed up, yeah, like they had like completely shunned them, murdered them off. Like it was just and 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 of course like we still live in this post colonial community where even if we're trying to seek liberation like we're still people who are still very much informed by the colonial like like lens right like we still very much feel like oh no homosexuality is it's, is, it's, it's a, a co- sin. It's like, a colonial we hangover. We're still stuck on it. Hundred percent. You know? So when people are telling me like, oh yeah, no, Tamil like there was there was never queer and Tamil pe- like queer and trans Tamil people in the community. I think that that's bullshit. Yeah. Like
0: that's complete bullshit. Yeah and it's 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 funny because Tamil people, you know, for the most part, they don't like the British, right? They're like the yeah. mm-hmm. and I agree, right? But then you're upholding what this Varlagan yeah. said, and you want to be like, Tamil culture, yeah, like, tumble this, tumble that. And I'm like, yay, totally, 100%, mm-hmm. let's bring back the very progressive Tamil culture that we come from. Mm-hmm. Let's bring back, you know, respecting people for who they yeah. are, let's bring back sexuality, let's bring yeah. back all of this. 100%. But No. 'Cause they still want the <laughs> colonial Tamil, for right? For sure, for sure. They still want the, the amount attached to it sometimes. For sure.
1: And I think it's a it's a version of thummelness that very much upholds patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Right? And 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 cis normativity. Um, so I think challenging that has been really important to me as a Tamil person, right? Because I'm like, for, for me, in being queer, that's the first step in me decolonizing my identity mm-hmm. as a person. You know? Like I think that's really Really, really
0: uh,
1: yeah, just really important. Yeah.
0: Um, when we were talking earlier, you you mentioned that your umma didn't react the way you <laughs> expected. Yeah. Um what is tell me about that. Like, yeah. what is that? What did how did you expect her to react? <laughs> and how does she, you know, anticlimactical,
1: like Yeah, it was it was really it was it was interesting. Cause when um, I, I, so, like, full disclaimer here, like, I told my mom when I felt like I was ready to do so, don't feel like, if you're someone who's closeted that, and you're listening to this, like, you need to be out to be queer. That's complete bullshit. That's some shit that white, liberal, like, queer people came up with. Um, you can be, like, just out to yourself and still be as valid of a queer person. Like, so anyway, I just decided to tell her because I'm like, if it's not now, then when the hell is it gonna be? She's gonna find out either through like Instagram or someone's gonna yeah. send her some WhatsApp thing <laughs> on like the Thamelenty group. So <laughs> I'll just say it, and uh, and so I I told I told her and I told her um, you know like I um, I'm seeing someone who is not you know a man, and she like like okay so. I, I decided to tell her when we were like chopping um chicken in so the she had knife in her She hand. literally <laughs> had like 12 inch in her <laughs> hand when I told her. And um she she was just like and I was just like, yeah, I'm a, like a, you know the person I'm seeing like it's not a man, whatever. And then she she was like, Oh, you're a like or like or lesbian madre, yo? And I'm like, oh. um first of all, I didn't even know you knew the word. Like what is this? And then she just stayed really quiet, and then there was just like this moment of silence, and I was just like, "This feels really awkward. I'm gonna step out of the kitchen now, cause I don't know how this is gonna end." And we Am just I like, yes. "Is this the end of me?" And like in all in all seriousness, like you that is a reality for people, right? And so I like I just like I'm like I'm gonna give her some time to process this, cause it's gonna take her some time, and I knew that, right? And I feel like when I when I decided that I was gonna come out to my mom. I told, like it took me 22 years to come out to myself, right? I was like, I'm going to give my mom that much time if not more. Mm-hmm. Cuz like these are not things that she was exposed to. This is not again like unfortunately she didn't have the luxury of even thinking about something like this because she was literally fighting for her, her line, to right? Turn to this or, is a generation yeah. of people who've had their adolescence and their and their early adulthood stolen from mm-hmm. them. Right? So, I'm not I, and and I can, and again, there's that added layer of being a single mother and how are, how is the rest of the Tamil community going to view her? It, like, if her daughter comes out as, like,
0: queer, right? Everyone's going I think, that, gonna I think blame that's honestly her. so um, inspirational of you, I think, because not only are you carrying so much of your own hurt and fear and trauma, but the fact that you're willing to open yourself up to looking at someone else's as well, I think that's oh. incredible. So, that's anyway, easy. sorry for interrupting. No, How's it's okay,
1: and I appreciate that, but no, I, I want to like, I want people to understand that, like, our parents aren't horrible people, you know, like, and, and fuck that took me so like even even though my dad left when i was 16 i still hold a lot of compassion for this man in my life right like i i still want him to be as happy as he can be like but yeah like when i told my mom it was just it was more just kind of like silence and then and then the next day i get a call and she's frantic like she's just like oh my god like i'm like oh my god like it was just it, it was like oh my god
0: <laughs> you know like, that's I, a real thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> that something turned you getting. I literally that's what
1: I heard. Like my mom was just like, "Oh my God, ASAP made you gay," and I was just like, "Ah, uh, no." But ASAP did give me the courage to like step out of my my comfort zone, you know. So, I I think I and we still have a, a relationship that is <laughs> like messy as most daughters do with their Tamil mothers, but, like, she's uh, she's learning and she's growing and and she... It's, 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 like, it's one of those interesting, like, don't ask, don't tell situations where we just don't talk about it in the house. Like, is she gonna... Has she kicked me out yet? No. Um, and for that, I'm so grateful. But um, is she, like, oh, like, this is a really big part of your journey, like, how can I support you, <laughs> like, no, I think even as a cis straight, like, person, we're not getting that kind no. of, from Tamil parents, so, I think I'm, I, I'm still, I'm still learning how to navigate it, but I'm so grateful, holy shit, when I told my brother and my sister, they were just kind of like, oh, okay, like, aunt, <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, cool, yeah. was,
0: uh, I wasn't expecting that. You're like, okay, this was not what I was building up yeah, in my head for all these years, 100%. but, like, again, I think, I guess maybe you've had a better experience than what most people could yeah. do, and it seems like your mom is actually an incredible woman. She is. Um, and she raised an incredible Aww. woman as well, and like your sister, your brother, you, three yeah. children.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She's a remarkable, remarkable person, and, and like, she's, she's got her own things that she's working through, but she does it with so much grace, and, and I have so much respect for her. Yeah.
0: I definitely get my courage from my mom for sure. I think I think a lot of Tamil people do. Yeah. Right? As much as this culture likes to overall shit yeah. on women and yeah. Tamil women in general, um the backbone is definitely the Ammas, for sure. And we talked a little bit also about like casteism and like the intergenerational trauma. What does mm-hmm. all of that mean to you in terms of queerness because it's very connected, mm-hmm. especially as Tamil people.
1: Mhm. Yeah, the intergenerational trauma bit is, is a def, like, if anything has delayed me in, like, being more open about my queer expression, it's been that. Like, I think I've inherited the trauma of my, my mother and my father, and, um, like, we as some people come from such codependent, like, codependency is, like, the structures of our families, right? Like, and so when we do things that deviate from the norm or they deviate from, from the script, it's like why the fuck are you doing that? Like, this is not what we want. This is not why I came and sacrificed all this for you for, you mm-hmm. know? Like, so I, I feel like there was even more shame and there was more um, guilt in coming out, as I mentioned earlier, because I feel like my, like, I was like, okay, no, I need to sacrifice my happiness the way that my mother did and the way that my father did and the way that her, their parents did, you know? And I think learning that that, like, cycle just needs to stop. Somewhere mm-hmm. at some generation like we just have to stop it, you right. know, and like, and and eventually our parents will either decide to like fuck with it or they don't like, and and again these are like the the part like the subtle parts of just like growing up as like Tamil people, um, and then the casteism <laughs> I didn't actually start seeing that so much until um, and then again that's a privilege right, but like I didn't start seeing it so much until until I started working in South Asian sp- like pan South Asian spaces. Mm-hmm where there was a definite um, disconnect between the people who identified... who very openly identified as being Brahmin, queer people, you know? They were just like, yeah, like, my, my family is Brahmin. My, they do this, they do that. And I'm just like, okay, that's interesting. But then they also had these, like, really... They had this implicit bias that they didn't want to address, and I see a lot of anti-thumbleness that happens in these like queer like South Asian spaces. And again, this is something I wasn't completely exposed to at all before, because again, I grew up in Scarborough, where ninety percent of the population was Tamil. I grew up in like I went to King, and like ninety percent of the population was Tamil there too. Like Mm -hmm. I I feel like yeah. Working at ASAP has definitely opened my eyes to a lot of intersectionalities, even within being queer as, like... And I don't identify as a South Asian person, but obviously some people get pulled into that because mm-hmm. our relationship to, to identities
0: are, like, vastly different. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And you were talking a little bit about, like, you know, Brahmins and, you know, South Asians in general. Um, and it's kind of like that stereotype that people have when they meet like gay white men, right? Mm-hmm. I think even experience wise, a lot of gay white men have also been complicit in being racist or Absolutely. and just because you you come from a community that struggles in one form of identity wise, yeah. right? Doesn't make them a good person. It's... it's the same thing with like, I guess it kind of the same thing with homo nationalism, right? Just because we come from a community that has faced genocide mm-hmm. and ongoing oppression mm-hmm. doesn't make us good inherently good people Mm -hmm. right doesn't Mm -hmm. make these tamil men good people yeah
1: like and i think that's so important i think people who are not queer or like interested in kind of delving deeper into their queerness have this like idea that everything in the queer community is like great and we hold hands it's all unicorn fart all the time it's not Mm -hmm. like these are people who are who who are a traumatized community even within themselves people who have been um isolated from their families who have face rejection on the highest level um, who are still, who don't always have access to therapy because of the fact that like therapy is not accessible to most people. Um, So like, I feel like yeah, it's just, for me, what was a shock was coming into this queer South Asian space and being like, oh my god, wow, you guys are kind of racist, wow, oh wow, like, there's like trans, like, this blatant transphobia here, mm-hmm. like, we need to unpack this. Yeah. <laughs> and the shadism. oh my god, like, I don't even, like, And he isn't even on the radar of, like, most South Asian queer people that I know, which is so, interesting, you yeah, know? Like, so many levels There's layers. so many levels and layers, and so... Like, navigating that has been interesting. But it's so, inter- it's, it, for me, it's been a privilege because I've been able to find my my queer Tamil family and all of that as well, which I didn't have last year yeah. or the year before. You know, like, I've, I've found people who who understand the nuances of being, like, queer and Tamil and non-binary, and I think that that's so important. Having, like, and that's the, that's the importance of chosen family in mm-hmm. queer communities, is that sometimes we can't always rely on, like, our, our blood families, mm-hmm. unfortunately, um, and so we have to go out and intentionally build relationships with people.
0: And, yeah. like, that's new. <laughs> it's like, no, hard. for sure. And, and I think just even the concept of, like, blood is, you know, what is it? Something is thicker than blood. Water is what? Blood, blood is thicker than water. Yeah, yeah, blood is thicker than water. and mm-hmm. Just the whole concept of... Sometimes it's your family that's your yes. biggest toxin,
1: right? Yeah, 100%. And I'm fortunate that that's not the case for me. Because, like, again, like I said, my brother and my sister have been... Like the pillars of strength in my family, and even my extended family has been accepting and loving and warm, um, but I just know for a fact that's not that's not the case for, for everyone. For so many yeah. people, you know. Um,
0: we're gonna call this chapter, I guess, suburban struggles, Scarborough <laughs> life. Oh, good God! <laughs> yeah, you know, you brought up being a queer thummel person, and how it's difficult to be this person in Scarborough. Mm-hmm. Why? What's wrong with Scarborough? Mm-hmm. Just kidding. But yeah, yeah, talk about it. Like what what is the difference between being queer and, and Thumble in Scarborough versus queer and Thumble in downtown? Mhm. Like I said, like it was so interesting cuz for a little while I felt like I was living this double life,
1: like for like and you know, for me downtown was like an hour and a half bus ride away. So like and again, this this usually happens to most queer suburban people is like they have to go, you know, south of the the DVP to to feel safe enough to, to be queer right mm-hmm. um and so I I feel like growing up in Scarborough around Tamil people who were very t- toxic in upholding like their system cis- heteronormativity like there was no space to unpack queerness there was no space to unpack even questioning it right um and so it it, it was it was definitely something that felt like it was that in itself was like an isolating experience for me growing up. And like it, it came around the time when I think my father left too. So I was just like, I'm going to throw this on the back burner because like my family's literally falling apart right now and I need to figure out what to do with this first. And so there was moments in my life where I feel like I had to cope through other means because like, again, therapy wasn't the most accessible mm-hmm. to me. And like full disclosure here, I struggled a lot through university because I, like, I I just, it felt like every, every part of my life was sinking and I felt like I was losing control and that downward spiral just caught me in this moment of, okay, I need to, I need to stop taking, like, I need to start taking care of myself because I think for, for a very long time in my life, like, and I think this, this goes for a lot of queer Tamil people is like, you're just like, okay. I, I don't feel like it would be the worst thing if I ended it today. And that was something that was, like, constant. I'm just, like, that was my default. Like, if, if, things, if things don't go out, like, if things don't turn out well, like, it's fine. That's always an option for me. And I know that sounds really dark. Um, but I think, and then and then that's when I realized, okay, no, I'm fuck this. Like, I, I need to choose myself. Like, I need to choose myself. I've got my brother. I've got my sister. I've got everything going for me right now. Like, there's nothing that's going to stop me. And even before this, I wasn't very, like, vocal about being queer in the community because I'm like, again, we don't talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Home, like, Sundar show, Home, like, was the first time I had seen anything queer in Scarborough happen, you know? Yeah. Like, outside of support spaces, because obviously ASAP holds support spaces, but, like, something where that was mainstream Tamil, where, like, straight cisgender people are there consuming queer content and not, like, being violent about it was new to me. Like, and, and I wish I had something like that 10 years ago. You know, And I think it's beautiful that we have that now and that we have new normal now, right? Where people can, can show up as their whole selves and, and not feel shamed about it. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that there's still not shame that happens behind closed doors, but it's just
0: like it's not, I guess, as public as yeah. like, it would and have been I in guess. Past. And you now there are more accessible places and
1: 100%. Right? And there's definitely, again, like I said, there's so much more work that needs to be done within our community in supporting queer and trans level people. But I feel like because we've gotten the gear rolling on, on talking about these issues, now we can start looking at, like, what are the solutions? How mm-hmm. are we going to actually support these people beyond just throwing a fucking, like, flag on your door? That doesn't yeah. do anything. Walk- I'm sorry. Walking at pride, again, and this was, like, a catch-22 for me. I don't support the corporation that is pride. Right. Because it started off as like a liberation movement. It was a riot. Yeah. You know what I mean? There were no cops, there were no corporate sponsors. Like, none of this shit existed. It was all about the community, a community of people who had been severely marginalized for decades, right? And taking ownership of that identity. Now it's become this marketable cute thing, and, like, people just slap the rainbow on shit and sell it, and it's like, okay, well, what are you actually doing about the queer? Like, specifically the trans people who are, like, contemplating suicide every day, mm-hmm. who can't leave their homes because they can't fucking afford to leave their homes. What are you actually doing about that stuff? Because that's where we need allies, right? Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't. That's pretty much what it's been <laughs> like growing up in Scarborough. It's been really isolating, but I think for me, at like, as a person who socialized as a woman, in contrast to someone who is socialized as a man in the Tamil community, Tamil gay men had the opportunity to leave their house and not be questioned about their whereabouts, and they had a chance to like go and 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 access queer spaces, and you know, like their parents for the most part weren't like being like, where the fuck did you go, right? But like with people who are women and were socialized as women, there's been so much more social surveillance that's happened right there. Yeah. Right? Like, we didn't get the chance to leave the house whenever the fuck we wanted to. Like, no. I couldn't just fuck yeah. off downtown to Pride Parade whenever the fuck I wanted to because I had to tell my mom and my dad where the fuck I was going. And, I had to worry about the Tamil and uncles who were walking around being like, like, mm-hmm. you, you very, know, like, no, very, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, that's, I think that's an interesting point in how, um, kind of like that patriarchy kind of manifests itself. Yeah. Right? Even within...
1: Queer communities, ag-
0: yeah, 100%. It's just that, again, like you said, it's the surveillance and what it means to be someone who is a Tamil man and mm-hmm. how he gets to experience it. Not to say that, you know, it's they don't go through the same type of trauma or, mm-hmm. you know, struggles and challenges. Absolutely. but. It might slightly be a bit easier just because, you know, the homo community as a whole gives men a little bit more freedom. Boys. And not mean, even A men. little bit,
1: that's an understatement. Men get way more freedom. Boys like, too, not even yeah, men, right? 100%. Like we're talking about
0: fourteen year old guys can leave that house and come home and parents would be like, And then with women it's
1: just like, Okay, it's six PM, why the
0: fuck aren't you home yet? Six p.m yeah, even six PM is like school finished, like, where are you? Exactly. Interesting. And yeah, so I guess it, it just goes to show that these spaces are very important. Mm-hmm. And even like within like ASAP and stuff, how building that community of Tamil people is also very mm-hmm. important. Because while yes, we are the umbrella of South Asian, it just, there's a lot of different challenges that go in, into that. And mm-hmm. in our own identities, like our very sense. own identities and the challenges, like you said, within the caste, shade. Like we have our struggles and just because you're queer or you're cis and straight doesn't mean like, yeah. all of a sudden those disappear too. No, it's just an added no. layer again of exactly. something like that. What, I guess we we were going to touch on a little bit what it means to be non-binary because I know we have audience members from mm-hmm. all over the world and mm-hmm. I think, you know, in Canada, in Toronto in particular, mm-hmm. we're a little bit more um, caught up or we have more access to mm-hmm. this type of information. Yeah. Whereas in other parts of the world where um, it's even more smaller, 100%. right? maybe walk us through like we know what tra- most people i i would hope know what trans being trans sure. is
1: well i mean for folks who don't really know what trans is is really just um so there's cisgender and there's transgender cisgender basically just means that you identify with what you were assigned at birth so if your doctor looked at you and was like this is a boy and then you grew up and you're like yeah i feel like a boy then you're cisgender um and then transgender basically means you don't identify with what you were assigned at birth right? So you were assigned boy at birth, you grow up, and you're like, actually, this doesn't really resonate with me. Like, I identify more as, like, being non-binary, or identify as being more um, as a woman, then that would make you...
0: Yeah, and and non-binary.
1: Yeah, so non-binary, and geographically, I think I'm really privileged, like you said, like, growing up in Toronto, where we have access, because in a lot of communities, um, like, outside of, like, these metropolitan communities, we don't get this type of Um, exposure exposure exactly yeah yeah. so non-binary really just means that you don't exclusively identify as being like a man or a woman right and it's like one of those things I think a lot of people who don't quite understand it would just roll their eyes at and I'm just like fuck off this isn't for you (laughs) and I think um, for me I think when I first started realizing that was um, I started binding my chest when I was younger Mm -hmm. but I didn't understand why I was doing it Um, and I would buy like training bras that would like really press up against my chest to flatten it as much as I could because I was developing parts of my body that were making me look more feminine and that made me feel really uncomfortable. And like anytime people identified me as like a girl or as a woman, there was like this innate, like, like you, you couldn't explain it. You're just kind of like, this doesn't feel like it fits. This feels different. (laughs) Um and but I just went along with it cuz I was just like well like I
0: It's what you were nurtured to believe. I, yeah, like yeah. this is
1: this is how I was socialized. So I was just like okay, like maybe this is just what it is, whatever. Um and then as I started growing up and understanding and like for me I was just like okay, maybe if I wear more baggy clothes and like cut my hair then people will stop viewing me as a woman, like or like people will stop like thinking that I prescribe to this role of womanhood which I don't like that for me I guess I was socialized that way but for me I yeah I feel like non-binary has just always been that place in my
0: life that has felt the most whole like yeah and it, I guess to people I'm wondering it's just it just means you're you yeah like, you don't want to be anyone else
1: but 100% you. like and it's so much more complex than the way that it's like described right now right because non-binary especially in mainstream media has always been viewed as someone who is white and thin and androgynous looking right so and because that's
0: become and it, it turns everything turns into fashion right yeah you know, exactly, what's exactly. That, no, now who's who that, that model
1: i don't know I, I just know sam smith came out as sam non-binary. smith did
0: but then yeah. the whole androgy- androgynous thing was you know kara the model and then Carla yeah, the person from Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose, yeah, yeah, yeah like, like so, so, and people, and again, that's also like a very sexualized version, right? Of like, oh, they're hot white women. For sure, men, this thin and, like, white
1: person, and and so for me, I was just like, well, I don't look like that, so that probably isn't me. Um, even though in my heart, I was just like. Again, something feels different. And I didn't have the language, right? Mm-hmm. And the exposure, like and the language is huge. Yeah. And Tamil
0: too. Like is there even a way? Or? There
1: is no way like that I know of at least, right? And I think about all like the queer and trans like Tamil kids who like I've supported in the TDSB and one of the main things that they they said that they really struggled with was even just being able to communicate to their parents. Just on the daily is hard because of the language barrier. Mm-hmm. So now having this added layer of having to explain their queerness to them is just like such a huge disconnect
0: in in ways that I can't even I can't even imagine what yeah. that must be like. No, navigating. for sure. It, I, I can only imagine cuz I I don't think I would be even able to explain, you know, as someone as an ally to my parents or someone being like, "Oh, this is even about um, issues, right, mm-hmm. that queer folks and trans folks face in the yeah. community, or even talking about trans folks and telling them, like, you know, but we have historically mm-hmm. always had folks like this in our community. They are exactly. a huge part of our community, actually. But, like, how do you even explain that? Because at the same time, is that an indicator that we just allowed people to exist? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we don't have these terminologies for them because exactly. why the hell does everything have to be...
1: Yeah, it wasn't... We didn't... We. I feel like there was a time where we just didn't have to identify as being anything. We just existed okay. as
0: it. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting that it's weirder now to literally just exist as who you want to be
1: mm-hmm. rather
0: than being categorized. like categories and all mm-hmm. these labels. It's like you have to have this. It's yeah. like you have to be a man. You have to be a woman. Oh, yeah. well, I'm non-binary. No, 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 no. You have to fit into a mold. Yeah. Like...
1: Which was again part of the colonial legacy, right? Yeah. Because even in indigenous communities, two spirit people have always existed. Exactly. Right, like agender people have always existed. There was never this like, okay, well you have a penis, so you need to grow up to be and, like you have to follow by this social script. You, you like you have a vagina, you need to grow like grow up with this social script. And this doesn't even take into account that there's so much of our population that intersects. Like yes, and fact- also.
0: We come from a culture that loves to dress their children up Yeah in the opposite yeah. clothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so normalized. Yeah, though, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. they but then the minute you say something yeah. like, Oh, I, I you know, I identify a ma as a boy. Yeah. That's like, Oh my god. But yeah. like they don't even think about it until society no. tells you that it could no. it's wrong, right? No. Qu- wrong.
1: I, a hundred percent. I agree with that. Like I feel like we're such a gender queer community. Like you said though, that that's still experiencing, like, colonial hangover, you know, mm-hmm. like, we still, so much of what we do is still very much informed by British and Dutch and, yeah. and Portuguese rule,
0: like, and even here, living here, like, we still, we brought that over with us, too. Yeah, and, and they push it on us here as well, right, mm-hmm. like, it, this is not just a Tamil issue in no. a sense that, you know, where Tamil parents aren't the ones who are not accepting of their Absolutely non-cis, not. straight, you know, children, it's everyone, yeah. right, um, I want to quickly ask you a question, Mm -hmm. since we're talking about gender. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people in our generation Mm -hmm. have gotten into this habit of doing gender reveals. (sighs) Which is, like, interesting, right? Because we're not talking about an older generation here, we're talking about a young generation who, most of them seem to be like, I'm open to, you know, LGBTQ plus people, you know, blah, 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 but then yet they're still... Um, what's the word? They're still falling into or reinforcing perpetuating, or perpetuating, like this very cis-normative narrative. And it's
1: so detrimental. So, so, so detrimental. Like, like
0: can you imagine, like, as some kids who didn't even get all that shit, like, yeah. the biggest thing we had is the Cuello like, Ceremony. Yeah. And that's <laughs> to see if your child's gonna be rich. <laughs> A doctor, <laughs> a writer, a teacher, whatever. Which also has weird castes implications, yeah. but, like... But then, we, now you're, like, telling now, a child what they're going to be before yeah, they Yeah, it's like, barn. they look
1: on the ultrasound. Could you imagine how weird this is, though, just thinking about it? Like, they look on the ultrasound, and like, oh, this child has a penis. Put, like, blue on everything. Blue on absolutely,
0: Our yeah, blue balloons, blue cake, blue this, blue It's that. trendy, like, it's though. Because, like, to be honest, Bella just started it first, right? Yeah. Like, no. they, they started doing these wild things, and yeah. even growing up, we used to be like, haha. But it it blows my mind Mm. because we are the generation who shat on our families for having Samadubitas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? We're like, ah, they're having puberty ceremonies. Oh, that's so backwards. That's so backwards. But like... We're spending the equivalent amount of shit ton of money. Yeah. We're not doing, like, little cake cuttings. We're having, like, massive gender reveal parties. Yeah. And, I mean, by all means, it's your money. Do what you want to do. But you're, like, traumatizing your child before it's out of the womb.
1: And that's the problem, right? Like, that's that's exactly what it is. You're traumatizing your child literally expectations. With, form, with expectations, with having them feel pressured to be something that we, we don't even know if they, like, identify yeah. with that, you know? Like, I what what worries me is that and i'm 25 now going on to 26 people who are my age who are having children i'm seeing this this perpetuation this like need to to carry through with these old traditional values of like but like we don't need to do anymore. Like it's just harmful. Like But also it's just more work. Like <laughs> honestly, just be I'm lazy. Like, you all have a lot of money. Yeah, I think you should even... donate some to organizations that support queer and trans people. Oh, but <laughs> it's the same
0: it's the same thing we said with the parents, right? Why are you throwing a at it? Put it in your child's education fund. Put this in your child's education yeah. fund. But also I think I've had conversations. I have I have friends now who are having kids and stuff. And I had a very honest conversation with one who did have a gender reveal party. And I, to, I, I told her. And I'm like, hey, do you think that this is... You know, she considers herself to be an ally, right? Mm-hmm. So she I asked her, hey, do you think you're kind of, like, perpetuating or putting this pressure onto your child? Mm-hmm. Because now you have albums and, like, videos mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. of this. And mm-hmm. then she, she mentioned something, like, well, no. Because if my child, you know, wants to come out to me and says that they're not, then I'll be okay with it. And I'm like, but mm-hmm. will you really, though? Mm-hmm. Because you're so... And, and the thing is, I don't think they're bad people. Mm-hmm. I think it's just this, like... This, like, closed-off way of mm-hmm. thinking, being like, no, 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 I'm progressive. I still want to do this. Yeah. And then we kind of have to ask ourselves these questions, like, why do we want to do these so badly, mm-hmm. right? And then, whereas another friend of mine who, you know, is similar, but instead chose to have an all-yellow Bumblebee-themed mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm like, oh, so are going to have a gender reveal party? You know, sneaky question. It's mm-hmm. like, no.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm like, oh, why yellow? And they're like, I oh, don't know, it's neutral. Yeah. I don't like pink. I don't want to do blue either. Yeah. So, and I was like... That's nice. Yeah, and like I wish do dinosaurs, even if you have a girl. I wish we
1: stopped. Yeah, I definitely wish we stopped socializing um, our children well before they even like enter this world. Like it's just like or making sure that they fit to this script, because it's like I said, it's just it's harmful. And sure, like this person's child might grow up and and maybe come out as trans and sure maybe they support them right but then now this child has all these pictures of like and they feel and, pressure and they feel pressure and all the things that i talked about earlier of this guilt this shame this fear will still reside within them right yeah. so like these are and these are just subtle things like there's things that happen systemically that we again as like people who are cisgender we don't even like are not even within our peripheral vision, right? Because we're like, well, I'm cisgender. I can walk into any bathroom. Like, I can walk into the bathroom that was meant for me, and I'm going to be completely okay.
0: Are trans people feeling that safe? Absolutely not. Like Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like, all these conversations where all of a sudden all these, you know, transphobic folks have opinions about it. And I'm like, well, I mean, gender-neutral bathrooms have existed forever. Like, all of a sudden, you care, Yeah. right? Like, there's so many places that have always implemented one bathroom.
1: 100%. And that's why I don't even think that it's about, like, like, it's, it's fear, but it's coming from a place of just, like, ignorance and, and harm. And if, if people actually took a chance to, like, talk to people and their, and just, like, learn about people's lived experiences, and, fuck, that's how I learned, right? And, again, that's a privilege I've had. But, like, they'll know that, there's just so much work that needs to be
0: done. So on that note, what do you think is missing from the conversation when discussing LGBTQ plus to Tamil community, like how the system fails to support them? I know there's a lot, obviously, yeah. right? We can go on and on and on. But yeah. what do you think are key conversation points that we need to be having? Hundred percent. Like
1: I feel like something as simple as just respecting people's pronouns just start there. Honestly, like and it makes a difference. It makes all. I can't even tell you, like respecting people's pronouns is suicide prevention, you know, affordable housing, that's suicide prevention, access to therapy, that's suicide prevention. Like, that's how we need to start framing this conversation. Like, I feel like just being like, oh, we need to be inclusive. That's not enough anymore, because people's lives are literally being put on the line right now. Mm-hmm. So I think, and especially as we're going into voting season now, like, think about the parties that you're voting for. Are you voting for people who just identify as being them, or Are you voting for people who are, like, standing up for, like, or just rising for people who who are marginalized within our
0: communities? All, towns, like All yeah, yeah 100%. every single person, regardless. So,
1: so I think just starting with that is so so important. And and on the topic of like of like affordable housing, like I know so many queer and trans some people who are trapped in homes or who are in transitional housing now because their their homes are abusive, and they just like they came out, they thought it was gonna go a certain way and it didn't, and now like. Or they're closeted and every day they like come home and think about like offing themselves. Like this is this is the reality. And again, for people who don't live that reality, it's a privilege and we and we get to go on about our days. But I can tell you that there are some people in our community who are struggling. What are we doing to support them? Yeah, just don't call yourself an ally actually. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do the work. Like I, and advocate for us when we're not in the room. Like don't just do it when it's cloudy.
0: You know, like but step into the conversation until so you're not, you know, leaving them to like, I see exactly. it often, especially on social media, yeah. right? Like, we've, we have an influx of, like, fucked up Tamil accounts coming up, right? Yeah. Saying shit that you're not really offensive. And yeah. um, take a stand. Like, yeah. don't let them fight these battles. Don't just leave yeah. it up to
1: like, it's not always, like, it's, it's so labor-intensive to, like, advocate for ourselves but then also protect ourselves yeah. from ongoing violence. Like, it's yeah. a lot to take on. And I think even something as simple as, like, Say you have like a doctor's visit and they're just like, hey, I have a friend who's trans. Like, do you know anyone who would be able to like care for them? Mm-hmm. Like, normalize the conversation around trans healthcare, right? Normalize the conversation around queer healthcare. Like, those are really important things because, like, I know trans people who literally have to travel seven hours to Montreal to get gender affirming surgery. We live in Canada, you know. Like, yeah. this is this is the place that try likes to paint like paint itself as like super accessible and like really open to like queer and trans yeah. people. No. No, there's still so many access barriers there, right? Like yeah,
0: And it's still scary. I mean, look at what's happening at the gay village, right? With oh all these people God. all of a sudden. So it, we're not living in these progressive times. Mm-hmm. And it's especially even scarier when you're coming from a marginalized community within a marginalized 100%. community. And
1: for me, what I've learned is the... And and this is me being completely honest and transparent here. I learned about the like the performative equity politics of Toronto. Like, I think I learned that... that the, the, the same year that Toronto had put out a campaign for, um, whatever, trans inclusivity, like, I don't know if you remember all these bus stops had, um, these, like, trans ads everywhere, and, um, that was the same year that they had cut funding for trans programming. So here we are pretending, like, yeah, we totally care about trans people, but in reality, trans people are literally falling through the cracks and absolutely nothing is being done to, su- yeah, yeah to, to, to support them, right? Like... This is, and and I've grown so, like, just enraged. It's just, it's just, the only thing that comes to mind for me is just rage, right? Because I, I, like, where are these folks going for justice? Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I want to know. Where are these folks going for justice? Like, yeah, it's just, um... It's, it's definitely a double-edged sword. Because then again, I, I know some people are going to be like, well, you grew up in Toronto. Like, you have so much privilege. Mm-hmm. Like, and and to some extent, absolutely, you're right. Like, I can't imagine what it must be like, like, growing up in Thunder Bay being queer. And as a person of
0: color, as, I can't even imagine. Or as a Tamil person growing up in a small town in Germany. Exactly.
1: I can't even, I can't even imagine, yeah. you know? But I just want to, like, I think it's important to, to lift the veil off of, of, of,
0: performative politics. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important. And if you could send a message to those who are listening to this, Mm -hmm. who are maybe going, who are maybe young or even older, who Mm -hmm. are going through these feelings and emotions that you had when you were like 14, 15, 16, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of trying to um, navigate these like, what message would you have to, you know, the rest of the Tamil community, or the queer Tamil there community? There is
1: absolutely nothing wrong with you. Like, you... Despite what anyone is going to tell you, they're going to be like, oh, well, you know, there's no queer Tamil people in the community. You can literally show them this podcast. <laughs> and... Um, okay, they, there's proof. I am proof. That we're here. And there's been so much, Obviously, so many people before me, too, and who are also doing this work. And so, don't ever let someone invalidate your existence um, as a queer person, step into it and, and feel whole. That's the only thing I can really hope for and just know that you don't have to, to compromise yourself or anyone. I think we can, I think we can just stop. Let's just stop doing that. Like, I, I want, um, young queer and trans people to, to feel empowered and I want them to feel celebrated because they're so
0: deserving of that and so much more. Amazing. And resources that you would maybe guide, um, queer and trans Tamil folks too absolutely
1: so I mean if you're willing I like like I said I also work uh, for an aid service organization I have supported queer and trans Tamil people so you're more than welcome to reach out to me personally um there's also um the 519 they do amazing uh refugee and settlement work for the queer and trans community um yeah, and online you'll find so much. Like, okay, so I was twenty five when I joined Instagram, and I know for a lot of people that's like this that's year. This is literally this year, yeah. I was like twenty five now <laughs> I, this year, and everyone was just like, "That that's really weird." And I stayed off of it for the longest time because I'm like what is Instagram really gonna offer me, like, Instagram looks like just, like, a platform for white skinny models who are trying to sell me tea, like, inflated
0: (laughs) egos, yeah, yeah, and I
1: was just, like, that's not the place for me, but then when I joined this year, it's just been so beautiful, I've been able to, like, curate a, a version of it that feels like, like, Wow, like, I feel validated. And know? FYI, like...
0: she's been shitting on all these talk- toxic accounts, like <laughs> a
1: boss. Yeah, I just, I, and, and for me, I just, it. I feel like it gives a platform to people who normally wouldn't have a platform, you know? And yeah, that can, again, be really messy too, but um, I, I just, yeah, I'm really, my, like, I feel like the, the community of people I've formed on Instagram has also, even if they're a virtual community, have also been, like, mm-hmm. a really... A supportive part of my like growth and, and understanding of myself. Yeah.
0: So, um, I will link all of Abby's socials below. Make sure you have a real account at least, right? Like yeah. just, <laughs> it's just safety as well, right? Absolutely. Like you don't want to expose yourself to, yeah. there's some really messed up people in this world. Yeah.
1: Um, Fuck but them. yeah, honestly,
0: <laughs> like just take back that power and yeah. I will link all of that below, but thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. You know, I always say that we're not owed this labor. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's accessible online. If we really wanted to learn, which you still should, mm-hmm. you know, beyond this podcast, Google it. Yeah. Right? And talk to your friends and be there for them. And I think these conversations, like you said, are important. Just yeah. talk about it. 100%. Like, normalize these conversations and stop making them, I guess, these one-offs. Like, yeah. maybe is it... Like, it's normal. Yeah.
1: And, and thank you for having me on. Yeah. Like, I feel like it, it's such a huge... Again, such a huge privilege to be able to sit here and and thank you for being such an amazing ally and offering people from the community to be able to like advocate for themselves. You know I think that's such a key part of of allyship.
0: Yeah, and I think we've grown this community into a pretty phenomenal one, and I, I'm proud of how far. Um, we as Tamil young people have come, 100%. and I can't wait to I can't wait for us to continue to watch younger folks grow, yes, right? And absolutely. I'm positive that if we all live through climate change, <laughs> <that's real. laughs> if we survive, if we survive <laughs> climate change, I'm positive that we can take back Tamil culture to what it once was, and yeah. you know we can fingers crossed, <laughs> we can do great things, right? Um, and on that note, ugh, I can't even speak anymore. I'm just like. <laughs> On that note, thank you guys so much for listening to Dash the Cuddy. Until next time.